from the campus of Stanford University, this is Schools In. They believe that what we're being told is everything they need to know, and they just pay attention to that. You actually have to teach the teachers how to teach for innovation. With your hosts, Dan Schwartz and Denise Pope. Welcome to Schools In. I am Denise Pope, Senior Lecturer at the Stanford Graduate School of Education, and I'm here with Dan Schwartz, who is the Dean of the Graduate School of Education. We have a really exciting show today, Dan. I'm looking forward to it. It's about uh, physical activity and mental improvements and how those two things might link up. Yeah. So I actually, usually Dan likes to stump me and ask me a question about research, but this time I have I have one for you. Are you ready for this? I am so ready. Okay. I, I want you to guess, is it better for kids to walk to school or for kids to take the bus? I want you to give a guess. Oh, this, this one, if I'm wrong, I'll be amazed. <laughs> okay. So so, he's a little sure of himself. People. No, no, because the number of reasons that taking walking are better than taking the bus, here's one you probably didn't think of. When I was in middle school, I took the bus to school, and there were bullies at the bus stop. And so they would threaten you and menace you the whole bus ride until you got to school. So, so the bus was bad. Walking would have been better. Uh, walking sort of clears the mind, and it sort of wakes you up. So the question isn't which was better. The question is, did the effect last past first period? Yes. So in this study in Denmark, first of all, you are right, of course. Dan is always right. Uh, I can't stump him. Um, The study, Yes, exactly. The study was done in Denmark, okay, with 20,000 kids, 5 to 19 years old, Exactly what you said, it increased their attention, they were better in the classroom, they were calmer, their academic performance went up, it decreased stress, obesity went down, and they found, to your dosage, your your how long did it last question, that effects lasted up to four hours for the kids who, who walked versus took the bus. So that's pretty pretty good stuff. No, that's really impressive. And and this was in the middle of winter with like ice <laughs> sheeting down on the ground or I mean, th- you got to think of those poor kids, right? Who <laughs> had to walk I, I mean, I'm sure even my own kids in the rain much prefer to take the bus than to walk. So, but. <laughs> so I can just hear it now that that your parents no longer say when I was your age I had to mm-hmm. walk. Now it's when I was your age I had to walk and I learned better than you. I learned better. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, I it, it's so important. And and I will say this, and this is true. So this is final exam week for for my kids. And um, I just made my son take a few uh, laps around the the block. So because he was just so, he was stressed out and he was worried and we weren't leaving, you know, to go. And I thought, oh, it's better if you walk than take the bus. I'm going to just make him do a few, few laps around the block. He looked at me like I was crazy, but he did it. He oh, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure he was happy after. Uh, well, no, not really. No, but not but really. he'll thank me when he gets his grade back. There we go. Okay. So today we're going to connect up uh, physical activity and creativity. And uh, so people sometimes are confused about creativity. They tend to think it's a trait you're born with it, but it's actually a set of strategies that make you more creative. And then, and the one of the big challenges is that uh, creativity involves risk taking. So at one point, the military, who is one of the largest educators in the nation, came to me to try and figure out how to make their uh, the army in particular, how to make their soldiers more creative and innovative. And so I worked with them for a while, and then I discovered 
about halfway through that they had a zero error toler- zero error policy. So if you made a mistake, you got punished. And once I heard that, it was, oh, so there's no way to make these people help these people be creative because they can't take the risk. You'd be way too afraid. You'd be and punished, you know, in the army, I'm thinking punished, like what is that? Like what do they do to you? Push up push ups. Push ups, push ups. Okay, but this that kind of sounds like school. Kinda sounds like K twelve education, right? It's too risky to make a mistake or take a risk because your grade depends on it. That's right. It, you'd be a fool. You'd be a fool. I yeah. know. In fact, I there was a, a, a kid in a study that I was doing who wanted to kind of take a creative risk on a paper. She wanted to start out with a little bit of a creative story and then get into the meat of the paper. But she was really worried that the teacher would ding her. And so she didn't do it. You know, so for yeah. we're, for stopping creativity all along the way in school and in the army, this is this is a problem. That that scares me about our future. Uh, uh, okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm not I'm not completely <laughs> afraid for our future, but I do wish people would uh, appreciate the opportunities to be creative and realize that it does require a less evaluative environment, one where you're not either getting rewards for being creative or punished for trying something daring and failing, and then you give people a taste of it. Well, lucky for us, I know you're an expert on this, Dan, but we have another expert in the room, which is yes. Marilee. Yeah, I would like to introduce uh, Dr. Marilee Apezzo. Uh, she has a master's of science in nutritional science, a registered dietitian nutritionist. She also has a PhD in education, uh, and her work is on physical activity and how it can help you change your some of the goals that you really care about, including creativity. It makes sense because Marilee, it turns out, is a trainer as well in every form of fitness. Yoga, uh, U-Jam, booty camp, if there is such a thing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, but now Marilee is working in the medical school uh, trying to help people uh, in, uh, develop healthy habits. So, Marilee, Welcome. Thank you for having me here. Oh, I'm so excited. You're you're an expert in all these things I want to know more about. So so talk to us. There's a pretty famous study that got a lot of press that um, I would love to hear you explain to our listeners and tell how you came up with the idea for the study and, and talk about the study a bit. Awesome. Well, um, how the study was basically about how walking improved creative thinking. So comparing people to themselves when they were sitting, when they were walking, they came up with more creative ideas. So, so how did you even come up with this idea? I mean, how did you connect walking with creativity? Good question. Actually, ironically, while walking. Oh, I love it. I love it. But of course. Wait, so of course. you're walking along thinking, I want to study. Yeah. Actually, Dan and I were walking and thought up this idea, like got all meta while we were walking and thought, hey, you know, what, what a great idea for a study to think about how to scientifically investigate the age old kind of wisdom that walking makes you more creative. So we thought, well, why don't we run an experiment on it? So talk to us about the experiment. Who did you compare? How did you get people to do this? So it was two different populations, um, two different measures of creativity. And we had people either sitting um, while doing the test or um, and then sitting again. So they did it twice. Everybody was compared to themselves. So you either sat and then sat again, or you sat and then walked, or you walked and then sat. So you did the test twice, um, and you were comparing your answers to your answers. So it wasn't my creativity compared to 
Denise's creativity. Um, but it was luckily merely one versus merely two. Got it. Yeah. So, and was it, how do you test for creativity? Good question. So it's kind of a loaded term, right? So yeah. creativity, you know, painting the ceiling, that's pretty creative, right? And genius. Um, the idea for creativity on our level, it's kind of little c. Um, so coming up with novel and appropriate ideas. So sort of the brainstorming phase of creativity. So, for example, why don't you try this? Um, oh, if my gosh. You... You're just like Dan trying to stop me. Okay. I'm ready. All right. All right. So I'm given... so going to do better at this. Oh, no. All right. Let's have both of oh, you Oh, my try. gosh. Everything's a competition. Okay. I'm, we are ready, Marilyn. All right. Okay. So I've got a shoe. The common use for a shoe is on my feet. Can you come up with any other ways to use a shoe? Go. I'm going to say put paint on the bottom and make a picture with it, like a, like a stamp. Oh. oh, try to beat that, Dan Schwartz. I'm outside walking. I, I can't do it right now. I'm trying to build up my creativity. <laughs> He's getting out of it. <laughs> I'm back. Is that so? Are those the kind of questions you ask? That's one of them, yeah. Um, another one, try this. Um, a more kind of artistic view of creativity, a little more practical, is analogy generation. So like artists and writers and maybe even teachers, you try to come up with an analogy to explain something. You take the idea, basic idea, and repopulate it somewhere else. So... Why don't you come up with an analogy for a robbed safe? Oh, my gosh. A robbed safe. I'm going to say um, an analogy for a robbed safe. It's like, uh, I don't know, being out of milk in the refrigerator. Gosh, yeah. that's terrible. I like that. Do you that's like good. that? I, do. Yeah. I, I generally don't think of milk as a prize, you know. But okay, but uh, you are not my 15-year-old No, no, son I, agree. I agree. Who, yeah. you know, if we're out of milk, this is like the end of the, the yeah, world. Yeah, it really is. Uh, it's like money in a safe. If you have cereal. Okay, but so, all right, but merely, I wouldn't think of that. I don't think of myself necessarily as a creative person, and I hear this a lot. Mm. Okay, Dan, no, 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 now they're no, both no, booing no. me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so this is why you have to help me. So No, you, so people, you gave great responses. So you how do you... You know, what does that mean? You're people think of creativity as artistic. I, you know, if you try, tell me to draw something right now, I, I would not be able to do that, but that's not how you're defining. But that's that's because you're there's a set of strategies that help you do that, like drawing. There's a set of strategies that can help you both in the technical form of drawing, but also how to be more creative about it and think. So, there's a famous study where they they looked at artists taking a class. And they had like a bowl of fruit out in front of them, you know, something like that. And they had to draw it. And there were basically two approaches. One was one group decided right away what they were going to work, what the, the drawing was going to be. And they spent all their time refining that. The other group spent a lot of time sort of repositioning the fruit and so on. And, and they didn't get started with their drawing for quite a while. Turn out this latter group made better drawings and more of them became professional artists. Because wow. what they did is they, they, they resisted the temptation for early closure. They kept their minds open and they kept pushing. So you could do this if, if you had a set of strategies that would help you do this drawing. Yeah, and so this is actually an easy strategy, right? You didn't even have to learn a strategy. You just walk while you're doing it. So your ideas were great. And if you walked while answering the same question, you'd probably come up with more greater ideas. That, is, um, that sounds way too simple. Like, <laughs> right. How, why, what's the explanation? So first, I do want to draw the line around creativity. Novelty in and of itself, probably we didn't count as creative. So for example, like 
using wombat saliva um, to, you know, as a surfboard, right, isn't useful. Or as contact cleaner. I don't not even very, know. Not very useful. <laughs> okay. Wait, wait, very wait, novel. Wait. So, so let, me, let, me, let me get the implication. So my, my young child's drawing yeah. that's got all sorts of things scattered all over the place. And I go, that's really creative. The answer is, no, it's really novel. Right. But it's not appropriate to right. anything. Thank you. Better said. Yes. It's not appropriate to the te- the thing that you're trying to do. It has to be appropriate to the thing you're trying to do. So cleaning my contacts with wombat saliva is novel. Nobody's ever done it. But I wouldn't call it creative because it's not useful. Okay. So it ha- oh so wait. So it has to be useful. Appropriate. Interesting. Yeah. Very so it, interesting. So you can be very novel by being random. Yes. Yeah. But that's probably not really creative. Just being random. So, okay, so let's go back to strategies. There, mm-hmm. uh, we have listeners out there who so, want to so know. So wait, wait, wait. So you yeah. know this guy. You're, you're, you're in some meeting, and there's somebody who really doesn't know very much, but they're busily brainstorming all these creative ideas. It's like, I know, we could use a brick to save America. And, and they think they're very creative because what they're saying is very novel. But because they don't know anything, it's incredibly inappropriate and annoying as can be. Okay, so it has to be appropriate, ideally not annoying – yeah. Uh, not annoying. And, not annoying. And novel. And novel meaning no one else said it. Okay. All right. So walking helps someone do this because? Yeah, the because part's really interesting. <laughs> We're not sure. Um, but it could be that it kind of dampens your filter. So when you're walking, it takes a little bit of attention um, in a subconscious level, and it sort of tamps down that that filter that goes, nah, that's not a good one. Um, that's one idea conceptually. So, so do you think knitting, like if I'm really good at knitting and I knitted yeah. for a while, it would improve my creativity I, while I'm knitting? Great. If you're good at knitting. If I'm right? good at knitting. So walking's pretty natural. Yeah. Um, if, if I was knitting, no. But if you were knitting because you're a knitter, um, then Maybe would, it, maybe it would just be drain off enough to yeah, open up the filters. Yeah, just enough attention. I actually think I want to run the coloring study. I think if I'm just coloring, uh-huh. I might be better. Uh-huh. It's just enough to take out the um, that the the super attentive voice in your head that says that's not a good idea. Okay, so two things just came to mind. One, I should not be annoyed at the people who knit in our faculty meetings because I used to be really annoyed by knit in our I know, yeah, no, I've seen it, Dan. So, okay, one, I'm going to lay off the knitters. Yeah. But um, two, I'm hearing that a form of multitasking maybe leads to creativity or am I confusing Maybe. I, I don't think of it as a task that you're giving attention to. So walking, you're not thinking about. Now, if I was having you, this is just a natural gait thing. You've been doing it for you know, 28 years, and so you know how to do this. Marilee thinks I'm 28. I just want to point that out. I love you, Marilee. 29. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I figure you started at one. Um, so uh, it takes just enough attention away from you, but you're not doing something else. So here's the deal. Everyone thinks, oh, so just like being in the shower makes you more creative. You get a new idea. It's not the same thing that we tested. So when you're walking, you're actually thinking about the problem. Um, so while you're walking, you're actually brainstorming while you're walking. It's not just get your mind off it and think of something else or you're doing another task that takes attention. Walking takes very little attention. But you have to be thinking of the problem while you're doing this yes. strategy. Yes. So if I think of the problem in the shower, which doesn't take a whole lot of attention. I've washed my hair like that a million times, right? 
Would that be the same thing? Good question. Uh, we couldn't get IRB approval for the shower oh. condition. So but. The, the, the IRB <laughs> is uh, the, the board that overlooks the ethics of research. So narrowly – weren't allowed to put the video camera in the shower. Yeah, the, unfortunately. Yeah. So. Okay, I get it. I get it. Um, no, this is really good. So I. I so wait, l- yeah. let me make a small distinction. So the shower, the driving to work, and the idea pops in. This is a different phenomenon. This is uh, incubation. You've been sitting on an idea. It's a good idea to think about it for a long, long time. And then somehow when you're kind of in this ambient state, there's mild stimulation, suddenly an idea pops out. That's kind of incubation. It's hard to set the stage for that. The walking is more you got to say, I'm walking with the purpose of trying to think about this problem. And okay. it, seem, it seems to drive it forward. Right. So I have another question for you. There's this hot new trend in Canada. They've done it in L.A. They've done it in the Midwest. Um, stationary bikes in the classroom. Yeah, I've read some of those studies. Okay, is this the sa- is this along the same lines? Do you think it's going to be making kids more creative? A good question. So I think biking's a little less natural than um, walking, but it could um, maybe if done at the right time. So I think some people might have taken these findings to be like, oh, we should all get treadmill desks and just start walking all day long. But I think you could walk your way out of a job because it only seems to work for a certain types of thought processes. It didn't work for more um, focused thinking where you had to come up with one answer or speeded math like didn't work for that either. So it's not like a catch-all, everybody should just be moving all of the time. Um, I think it's but, just for creativity. But you, but right now you're doing some studies that suggest that uh, we do do things that may get in the way in current classrooms, even if we don't put in stationary bikes. Yeah. So even without stationary bikes, we have run a study on fidgeting in kids. So they were either put on a wiggle stool where they were allowed to wiggle around as much as they wanted, or they were told to sit still um, and not move on a normal chair, which is kind of how we like to have classrooms run, right? I feel better as a teacher if everybody's still, because if they start wiggling, I think, oh my gosh, we're three and a half seconds from them exploding. So... This turned out when they were wiggling that they were more creative um, and also it didn't hurt their memory. So we tested their memory as well and their memory was just as good. Um, so it didn't hurt their attention. It's not like the common thought. So I, I can see the headline, squirming enhances creativity. Yeah, well, exactly. and I think you've just made so many parents so happy who have yeah. these little squiggle kids yeah. and like, squiggle no, my kid's going to be a creative genius. Yeah. So more, <laughs> more on this with Marilee when we come back. You are listening to Schools In with Dan Schwartz and Denise Pope on the campus of Stanford University on Sirius XM Insight 121. We translate the research we know about best practices with school, curriculum, and parenting to teachers, administrators, parents, and youth. You're listening to Schools In with Dan Schwartz and Denise Pope from the campus of Stanford University. Welcome back. We are here having an amazing conversation with Marilee and Dan about creativity and fidgeting. So, Marilee. Talk to us about fidgeting. I know, you know, there's some kids I know that they give these twizzle sticks to to keep in your mouth so that you don't fidget. Mm-hmm. There's others that they say sit on your hands so mm-hmm. you don't fidget. But you're saying fidgeting could be good. Walk us through that. 
Yeah, I think I think either fidgeting is good or telling kids to sit still is bad. Um, I need a couple more studies to figure that out. But definitely telling them don't move and be still, it's not a natural state for a kid. Anyone who has a kid knows this. And so we found that wiggle chairs um, helped kids be more creative compared to when that same kid was told to sit still. So... And by creative for the little kids, yeah, they came up with lots of ideas that were novel but now, appropriate. What, what you what would you use a button for? Oh, as a little frisbee for a doll. Yeah, uh, that and would be. I love that a little frisbee for a doll. Somebody yeah. said that. I yeah, love you'd that. Say, oh, that's that's novel and appropriate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> except for the kids, we did have to open up the definition a little bit because kids also, you know, what would you use for a pencil? Oh, you throw it and it sticks in the ground. For an adult, you'd be like, ah, that doesn't count. But for a kid, you're like, yeah, that's useful. So <laughs> interesting. So um, a different group besides young kids. When when your study came out, there was a lot of coverage that went into business magazines, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, for me to have a walking meeting, maybe that would work. Maybe that's too difficult because I'm you know dressed in my business clothes and it's blowing snow outside. Mm-hmm. Are there any tips if I'm if I'm when I should take a walk and how that might help me in sort of the business world? Yeah, great question. So one thing is it it. The effect showed up on a treadmill in a windowless room. As, um, so you didn't have to be like walking by a babbling brook, which is good because um, not everybody has those right outside their building, you know. Um, so it, if it is snowing, you could just walk around the building. Uh, also, we found a residual effect. So people who walked and took a walk and then sat down after their walk were still more creative than had they never walked at all. Um, So I think it's really good for a brainstorming type meeting where you're going to have to come up with a different perspective on something. This is sort of like the study you started me with. With with walking to school. Walking to school, that even after you've stopped walking, there's this nice residue, this sort of afterglow. So how long do you have to walk for for this to take? Can it be like a quick once around the building, I'm walking to the water cooler and walking back, and now I'm going to be more creative? Or to the fridge and back, fridge and back, fridge and back. (laughs) Okay, that's that's what I always do. Intervals, you know. (laughs) Yeah, well, we found even just eight minutes. Um, So that's exciting. Wow, that's Um, awesome. But... Not to say that four wouldn't be enough either. Um, so I think that, yeah, just a short walk. You don't have to plan for it. And that's when the, one of the things I was looking for in this study was how can you organically build physical activity into your work or your childhood? Yeah, so so let, let me call a spade a spade. Okay. That, that really your goal here is – that if people think it'll make them more creative, they'll walk more. Yeah. And your goal is really to get people to have more physical activity. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, so I know this is a little off topic, but you, you've cited some interesting research on the physical activity and health and particularly about – physical inactivity that I think people might be interested in. So there's this kind of new, over the last decade, kind of physiology. It's called sedentary physiology. So too much sitting is bad for us. Mm -hmm. So things start to change in your body when you sit for long periods of time. So even if you went to the gym and did an hour spin class, if you sat the rest of the day, not good. So this is a different approach. Instead of forcing people to say 60 minutes or bust, it's like, hey, weave physical activity into your day as a break from sitting to change these negative health benefits. Right. And so it's not, it's, not that, it's not the lack of activity. It's that actually sitting 
begins to have negative effects. Yes. So all of you who are out there driving in your cars, pull over right now to the next (laughs) rest area, 25 jumping jacks, 10 push-ups. Well, or it just sounds like eight minutes of what? I mean, to me, this is the greatest news, right? Because who has 60 minutes? But I could fit in eight minutes every once in a while. And not, I know that I could maybe eat another cookie, maybe, maybe, but, but also that it would make me more creative at work. That's huge. Yeah. And, and you don't have to get, get a shower afterwards, right? Because a lot of the physical activity and cognition work is looking at, you know, aerobic activity and nobody went aerobic. It was like Aer- walk aerobic. at your... Aerobic means your heart rate is way up and you're sweating. Yeah. Can't sing, but yeah, okay yeah. to talk, yeah. you know, yeah. that kind of thing. So this was normal paced walking. This your was, could, could you say strolling? It was yes. strolling? Excellent choice of words. I like that. Strolling is perfect. Much better. (laughs) So all these people who just spent all that money on the treadmill desk, good, bad, not good? What what do we tell them? Well, um, so far, use it when you need to come up with a new perspective on something. Um, But like I said, I probably wouldn't walk all day long um, because I I think it probably hurts. Some studies out there, some people are doing work on this and they show it's a little slower reaction time, more errors in typing, that kind of thing. But coming up with new ideas, awesome. Very good. Yeah. So uh, uh, last last question for Marilee before we go. If you had to give um, uh, a teacher who teaches – you know, K-12, one piece of advice for kids to stimulate creativity, what would it be? Gosh, I guess just have them walk more. (laughs) Um, I got answers. answers. (laughs) Dan, Dan, Dan would like to say something. Yes. I'd I'd give them a set of strategies for how to do it. And then I'd give them the license to be creative. I, I think more people do need a license to be creative. That's awesome. So, so let's just recap the strategies really quickly. Walking. Uh, walking, try multiple things uh, before you decide on which one's your final version. Mm-hmm. Uh, resist premature closure. Don't fall in love with your first idea. Yeah. You know, there's a long list of these. That's things. a good one. So exciting to know that it's not necessarily – it's nature nurture, right? It's not necessarily you're born creative. No. Even people like me coming up with that refrigerator line can become uh, creative and uh, – so That's what, what, so one interesting thing uh, in Merrily's studies was that to find out if intelligence correlated with creativity uh, in one condition gave people IQ tests before they did the creativity tasks. And because the IQ test is so evaluative, when people had to be creative, it just – it shut it down, right? It yeah. people – The IQ test is designed to stop when you failed. So basically you're going to end on a bad note. And it wiped out the effect of walking. Yeah. So, so this creativity needs to be a non-evaluative context. All right. Marilee, thank you so much for doing a great job on this show and giving people all over America uh, faith that they can become creative with just eight minutes of strolling. I love that. <laughs> Dan, final words for us today. Well, well, I've said it over and over. I think people think you're born with creativity. And the answer is no. It's a set of strategies that increase the chances of a creative idea. And you've got to be willing to take the risk to do it. All right. You are listening to Schools In with Dan Schwartz and Denise Pope on the campus of Stanford University on Sirius XM Insight 121. Thanks for listening.
the campus of Stanford University, this has been Schools In with Dan Schwartz and Denise Pope.